Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. This is Money and Me, where I feature conversations with some of the world's best investors. Today, we're going to meet a serial entrepreneur. He co-founded Money Table Public Company. That's a leading fintech company that focuses on big data lending and helps enterprises own and manage their digital banking capabilities within their respective communities. Also, PrevePass.com, that's a one-stop travel concierge platform. Aetis Innovation is a sensor and imaging provider. Um, he also is behind Play Media, that's a digital agency. He's an active investor who's invested in tech startups that span multiple sectors from energy to food and beverage, internet and tourism. He is the founder of the Lightnet Group. That's a fintech startup that aims to build Asia's next-gen blockchain financial mobility network by introducing multi-currency virtual accounts to address what he says are the inefficiencies of global trade finance. We are thrilled to welcome to Money and Me, Tribodi. Aruna Nonchai, founder and vice chairman of the Lightnet Group. Good morning, Tribodi. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to speak with you. So this show is all about letting investors understand the rules by which other investors are used to govern their um, their decisions when it comes to the market. So can we start with your earliest experiences with the investing world? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So um, in 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 the early of my career, I was a private equity investor. I've invested mainly in the consumer space, like S&B and also financial services. And then from there, started being angel investor and basically invested in certain deals like Aegis Innovation and I've also helped be the operator to build the business. Also have um, founded a restaurant in Shanghai, mm. become one of the top Thai restaurants by Tamil Magazine back then. Wow. Also, have um, basically um, from angel investor founded Pass because that is back in year you know 2010 2011 where there's a big opportunity between um, the, the 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 Chinese coming to Southeast Asia mm. and there's a demand for the luxury travel um, and then we, um, I'm also the GP in Kajora Venture. Kajora is one of the leading um, venture capital fund. Which with the main focus in Indonesian market, we uh, was I was a GP back in 2016. That was the right timing when Indonesian tech scene started taking off in a big way. Um, and one of our portfolio that we invested in, which also helped to operate, is the digital um, lending. It's actually the payroll advance company, and we start offering the service, and we start offer the service to the immigrant worker. And we start notice that. These immigrant workers with the advance of salary, they then do the instant money transfer back to their relatives and their family in countries like Myanmar, in countries like Cambodia. So we start spot a big opportunity in money transfer. So I do see the inefficiency in the money transfer space, and that's how I start the company LightNet in hope to use blockchain technology, the cash and cash out network of 7-Eleven, which is backed by a number of our shareholders to build a better network for immigrant workers and also for B2B businesses to do trade finance. So I think in short, given my um, experience of private equity investor and joint investor, also have been part of building one of the biggest 
um, South Asia-based venture capital fund and also be a serial entrepreneur. Um, I think it's, it's go from, from that to where I am now. Wow, that is a vast experience. For the person just starting out in private investing, what would you say have been some of the biggest lessons that you've learned so far? Well, I think the biggest lesson, I think if I had to sum it up, right, I think first you need to really identify your role model that is fit with you. Okay? I think people, when they think of investing, right, mm-hmm. they just look at Warren Buffett, and you know Warren Buffett may not be their style. So it's extremely important to know your investing style, mm-hmm. able to identify your role model. Then you need to really lay out your strategy, right, three years, five years, ten years. Um, just on this point, right, on the strategy, when you think about the wealth or like growing capital, right, mm-hmm. you need to think about whether you use your own money or you also, you know, create a third-party fund where part of it is your own money. You also need to think about are you into the growth sector? Are you into gaining the asset? Or are you focusing on generating the yield or generating the cash flow? From my experience, sometimes it's hard to be all of them in one you need to pick whether you want to be the growth investor base, you want to be, you know, the fixed income, the cash base, or you want to be the asset acquisition because all those types require totally, totally different strategy. And I don't think, you know, like anyone can be jack of all trades. Um, now, also, it is very important early on to find a good mentor. I am quite fortunate that my Linet business partner, who also have worked with me at Money Table at Kishora, was my very good mentor. He had built what become the largest consumer finance company in Thailand. He also had acquired the US-based Forgery magazine. He had built one of Thailand's largest security firm. So I think by having mentor who much more experienced than me, you also uh, learn from his um, mistake, also learn the best practice. Um, and then I think after that, you need to build a good reputation because when you build a good reputation, when you build a great level of trust, great level of network, good deal come to you. And when you get a good deal, you then have a good entry point. And lastly, it's on the execution of the deal, which I think, you know, it takes time, take experience, it take a good framework to be able to do it right. Those are great insights, Tribodi. I'm sure you're a role model now. You're a committee member of Thailand's new internet sharing infrastructure policy. Uh, you went to Stanford University, Chulalongkorn University. Um, when it comes to role modeling, who was your role model when you first started? So when I first started, I would say my role model is my uncle. Um, I think my uncle um, um, had basically early on his career focusing on building the good reputation having ability to, you know, um, raise funds to build a number of his venture. And then he focused later on on the growth, which means like targeting the high growth. And due to his time back then, right, he's in the baby boomer. So it's a rapid growth in the Thailand um, economy. So he take advantage of the rapid growth in Thailand. Mm-hmm. And then he started, you know, building a number of cash cow business, whether it's in the sugar industry, whether it's in the power industry, whether it's in the retail industry. And now he are acquiring the asset, right? You start having a large portfolio of hotel, of real estate, of, you know, like national resources. So I think that is like a good model that I'm looking to follow. 
Investors, we're getting to know Tribodi Aruna Nonchai, founder and vice chairman of the LightNet Group. That's a fintech startup aiming to build Asia's next generation blockchain. So you're an active investor, Tribodi. Uh, you've invested in F&B, in internet, in tourism, yes. among some of the sectors. What have your biggest challenges been? See, the biggest challenge, I think, and I'm trying to get better at it, I mm-hmm. think, as an investor and entrepreneur, you need to be able to distinguish early on what are the things that can be done and what are the things that cannot be done. And then once you detect it can be done, you need to use the right people. Because sometimes you'll be in a situation that you thought it cannot be done, but actually can be done. You just use the wrong people to do it. And I would say that apply to investment, that apply to, um, that apply to founding a company, for example, for, for example, as an investment, you may invest in the right sector, you may invest in the wrong entrepreneur. That, that's why you cannot execute your vision. So it's all about the people and the right fit. Yes, correct. All right. Help us understand uh, what is in your portfolio now. Will you let us have a peek, Tribodi? Yeah, so right now, I mean, still have some of the exposure back when I was doing the clean energy back then. I also have, um, like, I also have um, basically asset-based portfolio in the hotel, in uh, real estate, mm-hmm. and then also, I mean, majority of my stake now is in the company that I founded, which is through Cheshire Venture, Money Table, LightNet. But I also giving um, the recent rise in the tech space, also try to take advantage of the digital space in the largest stake in other fintech company as an angel investor as well. So when you talk about hospitality or hotels, are you overweight on certain geographic sectors? Well, I do think that Asia would be prompt. I think um, the healthcare system in Asia have proven uh, to, be, to be good. And I think uh, given how Asia country managing COVID actually better than other regions, um, I think that will be, I mean, after the situation of COVID being recovered, mm. I think there will be a strong, um, a, a, I will be a strong um, tourism activity in a number of key Asian countries. So I do quite bullish on the hotel sector. I mean, not now, mm. but I do believe in the next two to three years, it will recover very fast and it will be a high growth sector still. Terrific. So we know this morning Asia-Pacific shares trading a little lower following a bout of selling on Wall Street overnight. Investors want to know, where do you see opportunity for 2021? It's still going to be technology. Do you see during COVID, uh, big tech companies South Asia are, are, are basically are, are going up a lot with regard to their shares. Uh, I do think that, um, you know, like we have gone through the phase on the internet technology on 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 things like Google, on big things like e-commerce, and now logistics. You start hearing a lot of um, log, um, e-commerce-based logistic companies, whether they went IPO already or they're about to go IPO. But I think the the next frontier with fintech. I think fintech uh, market potential is really large, and COVID has served as a catalyst to accelerate um, fintech application. Um, for example, contactless payment blockchain technology, you see your space being growing a lot during the, during, during, during the COVID time. You see Bitcoin price, right? Mm. Passing through 30,000 US dollars. So I do think, you know, like blockchain space, FinTech will be a very mar- big market, really big high growth opportunity 
giving that COVID has acted as a catalyst. Also, because of COVID, government in different countries start passing on license related to the blockchain and cryptocurrency. So I am very bullish in, you know, in the fintech space because I think the market potential is huge. And I think it would be, um, I, we will see a company, not only Unicorn, but many companies in Asian fintech would be raising market cap more than 100 billion US dollars. So I think it's a, it's a space to get in very quickly. A lot of great ideas there. I just want to drill down on a cryptocurrency because this morning Ethereum is up 10% and investors are trying to wrap their heads around what's happening with Bitcoin, as you mentioned, um, you know, smashing through that 30,000 threshold. But overnight, we did see volatility kicking in, Bitcoin's price falling 17%. Um, what, what do you think about the cryptocurrency Bitcoin as we look to the year ahead? Well, I think um, the way people see Bitcoin, right, it's an alternative um, place to store your value, right, in the way some people see it as a digital gold. Mm. And as you, the reason why it went up a lot, right, is the demand supply thing as well, because, you know, like big companies like PayPal start announcing that, you know, they allow the user, right, to, yeah. to use Bitcoin. And I think given that it's a limited supply of Bitcoin, but it's big demand, and right now, um, because um, I think, Cryptocurrency have gone through a phase of retail. Now it's going, going through a phase of institutional. And one institutional need to accumulate digital assets like Bitcoin and also Big Bank start, you know, exploring blockchain technology. And I think blockchain technology will be mainstream soon, giving the demand supply of big um, coin like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, they, they have a limited supply, but they have big demand driven by institutional. I think we will see quite a bullish price performance in these uh, mainstream digital assets. So, so I think um, there will be a volatility for sure. Mm-hmm. For example, Chinese New Year is coming up and will likely be some people taking profit. But I think this year, if you bet on the right kind of digital asset, I think the reward would be, would, would, would be very handsome. Because I think you need to identify the right kind of digital asset, the one that has potential. For example, Ethereum, right? Mm-hmm. Thanks to the decentralized finance, a lot of decentralized finance applications are built on Ethereum. And I think also the way Bitcoin works is once Bitcoin goes down, it's actually the fund also flow to alternative coins. So you're going to see a lot of things where Bitcoin go up, Bitcoin came down, then the fund flow to the alternative coin, and then alternative coin go up. So you just need to pick the right type of cryptocurrency. But overall, I think it's a bullish year for cryptocurrency. So a lot of analysts I've spoken to are looking at the weakening U.S. dollar. Um, does that concern you? And do you think this is one of the factors that could push Bitcoin up even further? Well, I think um, a lot of people um, that I know who are smart investors, mm-hmm. they all believe dollar is going to be weakened. They believe dollar is weakened. Also, in the macro view, right? they're saying that going to disrupt dollar, like the um, Chinese government digital yuan Right, and yep. even like you know, the Thai government are looking to, uh, are looking to to to, to basically uh, scale up their central bank based digital currency mm. called Internon, mm. and and then that that mean a big deal because imagine in the past, right, dollar being used as a British currency, right, to to transport value. Whether I want to wire money from baht to um, let's say Vietnamese dong, right, I need to go through dollar, and now you know. The digital renminbi, I could just use, you know, like the the government back to loan to 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 connect to digital yuan without the need to convert to dollar. That is a possibility. 
Um, actually, the project line that we're building, we're looking to build a settlement network that don't need to go through dollar, right? It's basically going to be a direct currency swap from baht to Singapore dollar to Hong Kong dollar without the need to go through U.S. dollar. So I think U.S. dollar um, demand will be less and less um, given the fact that people are looking for alternatives for settlement. People in different countries are also looking to not pack their main country product or pack, you know, their, their trade hmm. to U.S. dollar anymore. So I think looking at the macro trend, looking at, you know, like how U.S. Um, pumping up the liquidity into the market after COVID, you're definitely going to see a significant devalue. I wouldn't call it devalue, but um, depreciation of dollar in compared to other currency or even other digital assets. Tribodi, help us understand, is Bank of Thailand already using a central bank digital currency? It had been applied in limited use for letter credit. Uh, okay. And, and how, what does uh, this yeah, mean? It's B2B. Yeah. yeah, what does yeah. the CBDC, the central bank digital currency uh, in Thailand, what does that mean for your fintech startup, Lightnet Group? Does that, I mean, do you work with that? Is, are there synergies? It's actually very good, right? Because we are, I mean, we're, we're, we are not, so basically, our technology, right, is basically tr- because when you do a money transfer, you want to be able to offer the most competitive exchange rate. And when you think about it, the most competitive exchange rate is the digital rate, right, over the cash rate, over the bank rate. So once you have digital yuan, when you have digital bot that potentially uh, could be used, right, to replace the bank, the, 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 the basically the bank rate. Then you be be the bridge, right? Because what Lightnet do we act as a bridge? We act as a network to connect to um, the Thai central bank digital bot to digital renminbi. We facilitate the swap. We facilitate, you know, like um, we facilitate as a hub, as a network. So actually, we we are we are quite excited by the fact that different government in different countries now try to explore their their own central bank based digital currency. Because that's going to reduce the cash. When you reduce the cash cycle, it actually makes the exchange rate more competitive and the consumer have the direct benefit. So we are very excited, right? Because our network is served as, you know, the interoperable network that can allow, that can be the aggregator of all these, you know, um, um, central bank-based digital currency to connect to money transfer operator, to connect to um, 7-Eleven. And then we, we hopefully, you know, could be the main, catalyst in Southeast Asia to accelerate the use of the central bank um, issue digital currency. Exciting times and a great positioning. So if we look at the sell-off overnight, a lot of investors are asking, you know, did our concerns over the upcoming Senate uh, runoffs in Georgia fueling some of the profit-taking? I wonder if you can help us understand how you think investors should be positioning their portfolio given a Biden victory over in the U.S. Well, I think... Um Actually, I do think that history repeats itself, right? When you think about it, right, uh, when we have 2008, right, and then after that, you know, you got Obama from Democrat, right? And then uh, stock rallied a lot, right, from 2009, 2010, 2011, right? I mean, if you see the history, it's probably going to follow the same pattern, right? Because Biden is from Democrat, and they're probably going to looking at ways to boost the economy. Now, I think what could be a bit different from 2008 is that back then, stock market go up across the board, 
I think you just need to be smart about picking the right sector. I still think that technology could be the, the, the big sector, but there could be a lot of volatility in the technology space. So you need to pick the right winner. One interesting thing is that technology back in 2008, right, you mainly talk about the top U.S.-based tech company mm. and some of the Chinese-based tech company. Now you can see, you know, like see, um, market cap is, is above 100 billion U.S. dollar, right? Mm. So I, I would say, and what I start seeing, there's a lot of private deal going on, right? A big South Asia tech company about to go IPO. So I think you need to also be balanced. It's, you could get your hand in the private deal of those South Asia based companies that are about to go IPO. I think that would be good investment. So I think you need to be able, I think in summary, you need to be able to pick the right winner. Um, that is not just US and that is not just from China or from US, but also South Asia based as, as well as other regions. And then need to be careful with the volatility. There'll be a lot of volatility. And then also try to diversify into a private deal if you can get your hand in like a hot South Asia-based tech company that's about to go IPO this year. I think it could be good investment. And Tribodi, are there plans in the future for Lightnet to go IPO? Well, we, we, we plan in probably uh, three to five years. Uh, we, are, we are looking to create the same story that we created for becoming like C. But it's probably going to take us three to five years. We want to be kind of like, you know, the fintech powerhouse uh, from South Asia that can be really on the global arena, like other big, you know, like Chinese tech company or other big South Asia tech companies. So hopefully, you know, in three to five years, we would, we would want to be, you know, one of the big, biggest winner from this, um, from this high group in the fintech space. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out on that for sure. Um, before we let you go, we started the show off talking about how you're a serial investor. What do you look at when investing in companies? What are you looking out for? So I think one, I'm looking at whether it's fit with their with with the market trend and also the growth potential, right? Like the market size. You cannot invest in things that is high growth, but the market size is limited. Number two you need to look at the people behind it because people still mean a lot. Number three, you also, oh, and then back on the people, you need to look at the track record, also looking at the execution capability. Now, number three, I'm looking at the entry point because, because when I say entry point, are you going in at the right price or if it's a private deal, are you making a good deal? And you also need to look at the risk, right? What could go wrong? And the reason why I prefer private deal, you can structure in a way to limit your downside. And then I think, I think lastly, which a lot of people fail, is how to follow on on investment. A lot of times people think investment, you just, you know, buy stock from your stockbroker one time's done. It's not. You need to, you know, like know how to accumulate your position, cut off your loss very quickly, and it, it, a few people really master an ability to accumulate your winner, cutting down your loss, mm-hmm. and able to diversify and manage risk in the right way. A few people know how to do it right. And I think like the last part is the most tricky part. Absolutely right. Well, thank you for so generously letting us into how you think as an investor, Kun Beam. We appreciate your time here. 
Thank you so much, too. Okay. Tribodi Arunanoncha is founder and vice chairman of the LightNet Group. He's an investor we've been getting to know today on Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.